So even now when I write speeches, I go to the fundamentals and make sure I do a good job. I study the audience. Of course, techniques-wise, I mastered a lot of different techniques compared to a lot of people. But doesn't mean that I'm then nothing left to learn. There's always something left to learn. So I invest a lot of time to become a better speaker in every aspect. And when I don't do that, I am not that effective. This is episode number twenty-seven of the inspiring talk with world champion of public speaking, Manoj Vasudevan. Welcome, guys, to the inspiring talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week, I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Boys and girls, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast app on iPhone, which is a pre-installed app, and you can search for the Inspiring Talk on Castbox or Podcast Addict or any other podcast app on Android. It's super simple to subscribe and listen to amazing interviews every week while you are driving to office, standing in queue, cooking in kitchen, or while doing any other unproductive stuff. You can learn a lot from my highly successful guests, and if you have already subscribed to the show and been listening for some time now, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review and hopefully give a five-star rating to the show inside your app. Today, I am pumped for my guest Manoj Vasudevan, who goes by handle @erdaret vs Manoj on Twitter. Manoj is a global next-level leadership expert. He is the CEO of Thought Expressions, an organization that helps you take your speaking to world-class standards. He was crowned as a world champion of public speaking in 2017, leaving behind over 35,000 aspirants from 142 countries in world's largest speech contest. He was also among the top 25 stand-up comedians at the International Comedy Festival in Hong Kong. He holds an MBA from Imperial College London, and his books include international bestseller "Mastering Leadership: The Mousetrap Way." You might have seen or read about Manoj on BBC and Business Insider, among many other international media's. Last week, I got an opportunity to meet Manoj in person at an event. I was astounded to see the way Manoj gave a speech, and more surprised to see how grounded he remains despite all the titles and achievements in his life. In this episode, we discuss about a wide range of topics, from how Manoj was able to win world championship of public speaking, obviously, how he got into comedy, how you can overcome the fear of public speaking. Manoj does a quick analysis of great speeches from history, such as those of Steve Jobs and Martin Luther King, among many other things. I hope you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, let me welcome Manoj Vasudevan. Welcome back inside this episode, guys. I'm super excited to have with me here today, Manoj Vasudevan. Manoj, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Vijay. I'm glad to be here. It's an honor to have you here. So you are the world champion of public speaking in 2017, leaving behind 30,000 people from over 140 nations. What are some of the perks of being the world champion? Ah, uh, so the being the world champion was more of a personal goal I had. 
I wanted to uh, prove to myself and to people I know that um, public speaking is a skill anyone can learn and master. So the perks that comes with it uh, is, of course, uh, there is fame. Um, you're interviewed on top channels, you meet people. But it's more than that. It's actually the sense of satisfaction you get by having a big goal, chasing it and achieving it because the goal was never guaranteed, right? So I had to work hard to uh, reach out and uh, um, achieve that goal. So the sense of achievement is more powerful than all the fame and the following because of that. And being third on 2015 also couldn't stop you because you wanted to be number one. Yeah, so my my so of course I was expecting to be world number one uh, since 2013. And of course, I've always been wanted to be number one, but I thought 2013 is when I would have won it. But at that time, my microphone didn't work on oh. stage, so it was a bit setback. So I came back 2015. Uh, so uh, of course, I thought I would win, but I came in world number three. So, of course, then I came back two years later in 2017, so I won. So, uh, one good thing about the journey was every year I was climbing one level up. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> wow, it's a continual progress. Yes. And it's not overnight thing, right? Manoj didn't appear out of nowhere and just took away the uh, championship. It's like there has been a lot of work behind the scene and a lot of attempts behind, you know, coming in front and taking that championship. Of course, yeah, there is, I didn't appear out of the blue, but I actually, I didn't, uh, as you say, I didn't appear out of the blue. But the point is, it of course takes effort. I uh, spent time analyzing speeches, understanding that. And more importantly, I started teaching other people uh, to for them to overcome their fear and to become world-class speakers. So I have a lot of my students who used to be really nervous, but now they are professional speakers who speak in front of 5,000 people, right? So... Uh, by trying to learn first, understand and teach, uh, it became more clear to me what works and what doesn't work, right? So there's a lot of clarity on um, my speech. So sometimes I get invited to speak to like a group of 20,000 people, right? And uh, then I, in the 48-hour notice, like two days ahead of. Still, I can come to that frame of mind because of the effort I did that looks easier now. Right? And this this was, this 20,000 was before I became the world champion. So a lot of people associate you know, when I, when I say oh, people here, I am world champion, they associate, I have some special gifts or traits. Uh, it's, it's not like that. It's actually I learned something and I applied it and then I taught it. So I became very clear to me uh, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, so uh, so, <laughs> so the, but the whole point is you can also be a speaker. I, I say you can be a fabulous speaker no matter where you start. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. you said that it started out as your one of your big goals. So, what are some of other big goals of yours? Oh, I, I so this so my core goal because I was interviewed on BBC um, in uh, August. So at that time, I was asked this question: What prompted you to come into public speaking? Uh huh. Actually, public speaking was not my goal. My goal was I used to work in an organization where I grew um, grew every level up the ladder and at, at one point I got stuck it means I stuck in the sense that job was good pay was good but I was not growing uh, so I went to my boss and said hey how come this year you didn't give me a promotion or a pay raise you know and uh, he said you know Manu you don't have what it takes to go to the next level 
and uh, then I was a bit disappointed, frustrated. And yeah, by the way, I, I, I'm an engineer by training. I'm graduate as an engineer. Um, I have B.Tech in electronics and communication. So when I um, um, went back to my friends, they said, you know, Mano, your problem is you're an engineer. People do not value engineers. You need to get an MBA. So I took, um, dipped into my savings and took $50,000 and went to Imperial College London to do my MBA. And two years later and thousands of dollars later, and nothing really changed in my career. And that's when for the first time I was looking back and look, took a step back and look at people who are truly successful. And I found out they have five core skills. Mm-hmm. What are those? And and those five core skills. And if you and I always say that if you do not master these five core skills, it doesn't matter what you master because you always be uh, performing below your true potential. Right. And so the five core skills and ability to connect an ability to communicate, an ability to network, an ability to lead, an ability to sell as an influence to get people to buy your ideas and um, products or services, right? Get people on your side. So these five core skills are essential. So public speaking became one aspect of it. Of course, this is one of the last thing I tried because I was nervous to speak. Uh, I mean, this doesn't come naturally to most people, but, you know, with effort, you can um, uh, get over this. So... My big goal was mastering these five skills and figuring it out. So the work, kind of work I do now is people call me next level leadership uh, expert. This is because one of the key uh, help I do to people is to get help them to break through to the next level in their career. And of course, I work with professionals. I work with CEOs. I have senior executives. I even do UN diplomats. So I work with people in 27 different nationalities. I, I believe that irrespective of your language, irrespective of your background, these are skills you can master, but most time, most of the time, we do not give them give give priority to learn these skills. Absolutely, um, I remember reading somewhere, most probably in your website, where you say competence is important, but confidence is paramount. A lot of people uh, chase competency, uh, like you take, you go and get a degree, then another certificate, then another certification, then another degree. So you keep on studying skills. And but you do you need to work. That's a competence. Competence is good. You need some competence, right? Otherwise, you will not get employed or people do not. You can't get your things done. But more important than that is confidence, because a lot of people without competence also can succeed with confidence. And the problem in the world is people with competency have no confidence, and fools have more confidence, right? So the problem is that this is how it works. Even look at any organization or any system. A lot of people, you look at, how come this guy uh, went up there, right? And, uh, but you, at some point, they have shown some confidence. So, so I'm not, so my focus is not to help people without competence. My focus is to help people with competence to gain confidence. And I believe you need to have, develop, so there are strategies to develop that confidence as well. So uh, you said that they, those were five of the core uh, skills that you wanted to build on yourself, right? So, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the specific steps or maybe if you uh, if you can recall the baby steps or the first steps that you have taken? Like the first step is identifying what was missing. Now you have identified those skills. Okay, these are the five things or traits that I need to imbibe in myself or build up on myself. And mm-hmm. how did you start it on that journey or what, what, what are some of the specific steps that you have taken to uh, develop those skills in yourself? I, I did a very unusual step to start with. So I, I had a very cushy job, as I say, even though I didn't grow. 
in that career. So one of the first thing I did is I, I, I resigned from my job. And I started, and I started my own company because I was, then I was forced to do all these things. But at that time, I had because I was married, and my first son, my first child was born. My son was born, so I said, "No, this is something I need to master." I left my job and started my own company. So there, I was forced to meet people, forced to talk to people, bring things on the things done. So I had to have net, build that. And initially, it was, it was a lot of struggle, and. Um, so slowly i started uh, forcing my it's like jumping in the deep end of the pool to learn swimming swimming yeah that's right so you can play in the shallow end or you can jump in the deep end and uh, so uh, that kind of gave me that um, momentum and time required to um, progress and the, the time because i'd work a lot of times you are bogged down by a lot of unnecessary job and performance reviews and it takes up you, know, you, you want to please a boss and but this one was, even though I never tried this before, never done that before, I started with the zero experience. So I did the consulting work and I also didn't do work with any small companies. I started to pitch for big companies. So I was going to stretch myself. So it, it, the level of challenge went up to a different level. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I, of course, uh, so I started working on figuring it out. First key thing I did was observation. Seeing what others are doing, Super maybe important. by reading book, observing and taking notes, yeah. and then eventually I synthesized it into a system. Of uh, it's not something I can tell you in a minute or so, but I synthesized it in a, in a system, and um, uh, where I teach people on how to do this. Right. So the core is observation. Core is uh, also uh, to apply what you learn, and um, also key is the self awareness. Where you stand and where you want to be. And I'm not saying you need to master. Um, you know, you, I, I would rather say you want to, you should master on what you want to develop, right? And what area you want to really develop, what's lacking. Maybe some skills comes naturally to you. Maybe some guys are very good in connection and networking, but they're not good in leading or communicating, right? So others are very good in selling, but they're not good in networking. You know? So it could be a combination. So depending on where you stand and where you want to be, you work on that to get better. Since you are talking about self-awareness, but I want to talk about self-consciousness, like when you give that first speech ever, many people are terrified of public speaking. So how can one overcome such fear of public speaking and really give their first speech ever? If you come to me and stand in front of me in five minutes, I can solve your problem. <laughs> talking to you, okay? I, and I, I do that in live audience. I bring people up in the audience and make them speak on any topic the audience gives them. Right. So these are stand- so first thing is you need to believe that's possible. Okay, so what I do with them is I, I kind of uh, rewire their mind into um, uh, speaking. Uh, but but be, before that, what you need to do is uh, to understand the three milestones in public speaking. There are three milestones. Okay, and and again, overcoming the fear is only one thing. There also needs to be other things. So pe- there are also people who have no fear, but that doesn't mean they are effective speakers. Okay, so what I say is and teach is there are three milestones in public speaking. You can read this uh, my article on uh, the topic on CNBC or Business Insider, but the high level of this is the following. The first stage is called a me stage. Me stage is when uh, you are so worried about yourself, right? And uh, you're worried about how you look. What 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 do people think about me? Uh, is my is my dress proper? Am I standing right? Will they understand? What if I forget my speech? Oh my God, uh, this guy is in the audience. What will he think? 
you know so you start thinking about you mm-hmm. so this is called the me stage m e me 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 is all about you all about me right and this is where 99% of the world is and that's why most people will never try public speaking because they're so worried about yourself so that's what you say by self consciousness i i believe is that what yeah, you meant yeah, right yeah okay so the second stage or second milestone is what i call message message as in you go on stage you're not afraid of speaking but you want to give something amazing say something nobody has said before you need to impress the audience with something amazing and which you will do to a certain extent but still there's an element of me in that so you want to look good you want to look great you want to be appreciated so that element is there driving you that's it becomes a core focus as well so you becomes less effective in that so then there's a third stage at this stage you will really connect with people at all times because you are, you are change your mindset into a different mode this mode and at, when you do that you truly connect with people around the world this is when you call i call it messenger messenger as in you are a messenger you are there because someone in the audience have to hear your message so you uh, you went through life with struggles overcome struggles you learned something and you come over on stage and share with people what you learned so that their lives will become better when you do that people really appreciate what you do because they that's because they are that uh, they have so you're fo- not focused on your goals but you also focus on the audiences <laughs> so you're not trying to impress so a lot of speakers i see they call motivational speakers what they try to do is um, uh, they try to uh, read books take quotes from a lot of different people then throw it at the audience and uh, they clap because there's a momentary change uh, in the audience but it's not uh, permanent but the audience will start saying oh he is a great speaker but uh, i think really what you need i believe in my perspective is the audience should believe i'm glad i listened to him I also remember one of the recent guests of my podcast Praveen Vadalkar who is the CEO of company Kaltekaiser and storyteller saying you have really on the speech if one or some people from your audience take action on your message it's not the praise that your speech was great or I loved it but taking action on your message or the idea that you have shared on that speech that makes your speech great i love that idea yeah so you see it also depends on the criteria you have so i'm not forcing people to fit into my way of thinking but this is more effective me messenger messenger when you try to messenger you have no stress less stress because you are your role you genuinely you're not worried about how you sound um you just you're just there to share so you you're not so focused about yourself and i i, mean, I have been all these three stages okay i'm not saying i'm special but i i found that uh but trying to serve the audience and when when you are in service there is no fear so you are trying you are being in service and this element of the other stages comes also because of a narcissistic mentality uh, everybody has to some level is driven by the ego this fear also is driven by ego because you are focused on you how you look good right and i was interviewed along tony robbins in this magazine to business insider this uh, i'll begin to look it up so that guy picked up that topic of ego and uh, he said i i i said like like i am talking to you now so he picked up that he said that stands out and uh, his name is rich fellow and you can look it up uh, rich yeah, uh, sure. lessons from 2017 so what he's what, what that but i thought i thought it's quite relevant because a lot of times we are worried about ourselves it's also driven by ego we want to look good a lot of people want to, and a lot of people send me messages manoj i want a world class speaker i want a professional speaker 
when so I go back to ask them, you know, why, why do you want to be a professional speaker, right? And that's when they start thinking. So, uh, so they know, no, so it needs some thinking, and sometimes they take two, three days to send reply back to me. And uh, so, but I think I you need to have that audience. If you don't meet the needs of the audience, um, it's you can't be that effective. Yeah. So once that is met, they will be thankful. So I have people who has watched my speech like few years ago. They come back and say, "Well, I, today I had this problem. I thought about what you said, and I did this." So I always say, go for the audience instead of anything else. Yeah. So is there anything uh, about public speaking that you yourself feel, you know, that uh, you haven't mastered yet or you still need to learn more about that aspect of public speaking? So, And you also have an option to say no, nothing, huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's always, I uh, see, one of the first things I do uh, after becoming the world chairman uh, was to continue to um, improve on my skills. It's not just to say mm -hmm. that it's done and dusted, right? So even now when mm -hmm. I write speeches, I go to the fundamentals and I make sure I do a good job. I study the audience. Of course, techniques-wise, I mastered a lot of different techniques compared to a lot of people. But doesn't mean that I'm then nothing left to learn. There's always something left to learn. So I invest a lot of time to become a better speaker in every aspect. And when I don't do that, I I am not that effective. So it's not that if I go become so comfortable in my skills and do nothing, it doesn't mean I stay at that level. I come down, right? So I'm always trying to be better. Uh, uh, better and uh, better prepared, better reading and reading a lot more to understand topics or multiple topics, trying to find reasons behind why some techniques work, why it doesn't work. So I do a lot of research and I start implementing it. So I also have some mastermind groups of my students. I speak to them every month. And in that, I try to, whatever new things I learn, I share with them. That also helps me to cement my learning. So it's a continuous process, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so are there some speakers in present or from the past that you yourself look up to or learned a lot from? So I I always believe speakers are only as good as the last speech. Okay. And uh, so I do not really um, follow a speaker as such, but I'll also look at good speeches and see techniques from that. Right. So uh, I've read, learned from um, a lot of different people. And I would not say one person who stood out or uh, one person who influenced me a lot. Of course, there are speakers who influenced me with their message and the style, the way they structured it. And these are all went into my, I watched thousands of speeches. So I, I also studied thousands of speeches, right? All the way from 1986, I've like taken a list of speeches and studied and analyzed. So uh, I always believe that even a bad speaker has a golden moment in their speech. A, a moment where they are actually really brilliant. They dazzled, right? And uh, there are times the same speaker is completely caught out. So it's, it's uh, and there are some speakers who are consistently good. And that's the reason because they, te they treat that uh, speaking as a serious uh, thing. So if you look at politics, they see a lot of good politicians with a lot of popular following. Uh, and uh, the, the some of them stand out because they are very consistent. They know the importance of public speaking, right? So I, I'm very I'm very impressed by business leaders or um, politicians or speakers who actually put effort and to understand the importance of speaking. We all have listened to great speeches from Martin Luther King Jr. to Steve Jobs. 
So what makes a great iconic speech like those or what are some of the common qualities these iconic speeches have? So uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his speech is was came at the right time to meet the audience's needs of the day, right? So it's actually the a message was everyone believed in. He brought it and he painted a vision for the future, right? So um, he, uh, he, he, he resonated, but you should also know that he also did, it's not impromptu speech. It's a speech that's been written and rewritten. Of course, there's one element of the speech that's impromptu. And one of the reasons his speech resonates a lot, in, especially in American audience, is because it's very relevant for the time. And the technique he used in that speech was a excessive, excessive use of metaphors, right, and illustrations of pictures. So let freedom ring from the mountains of uh, Mississippi. Or, so when he says that, there are a lot of elements of speech structuring that paints a picture for people, and he did it uh, elaborate. So, so he is actually painting a picture of the future, right? So in my book, The Mousetrap Way, I explain one technique of speaking in chapter number three is called Ideas Infusion. How we take an infusion, let's take an idea and plant it in people and so they run and take and run with it. So he is using techniques like that, right? Structuring and painting a vision. When it comes to Steve Jobs, what he does in his speech is actually he's sharing his experience of his life. So I say one key element of excavating your content is actually to look at your life experiences. What did that experience teach you? And what does the audience get if they implement that? So I call it the ERP formula, experience, resources, and payoff. Experience being your personal experience in your life. Resources is what you learn from that. And payoff is what will you get if you follow my advice or follow my, my resources. So Steve Jobs says, stay hungry, stay foolish. And if you live Today, as it's the last day of your life, one day you'll be right, right? And say, 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 so only way to be happy is to find what you love to do and do only what you love to do. So this is what they, he uh, sends the subtle messages to the audience. And the iconic figure comes also because of who they are, not just because of speech, because he is also someone who lives their message. So one reason why is Mahatma Gandhi so famous all around the world, even today, for like, 70, 80 years after his um, uh, death or assassination. So what, what, the reason, of course, he's more popular, even not just in India, around the world. Why? Why do you think so? Let me ask you okay. a question. So to answer this, one story that comes to my mind is of a mother who went to Mahatma Gandhi requesting him to ask his son not to take a lot of sugar who was obsessed with eating sugar so she had tried several ways to stop his son from taking sugar but he was not listening to her so she thought he might listen to Gandhi as he was her son's idol she went to Gandhi walking many miles and briefed him about the situation and Gandhi kept quiet for a moment and he said to that lady can you bring your son back in two weeks that lady came back after two weeks and Gandhi looked directly at the boy and said, son, you should stop eating sugar. It's not good for your health. The lady got angry at Gandhi saying, you could have said that two weeks earlier. Why did you take two weeks to do that? Gandhi smiled and replied, two weeks ago, I had an obsession with sugar. I needed that time to cut back myself. So the point that I'm trying to make here is he lived his message. He walked yeah. the talk. So the, the whole thing is about, um, okay, so the idea, idea is 
So he stood out for something that was not the norm. He stood for his values. He stood for the, what he thought was right. And he was not lifting himself up as a special person. And as he said, his life is my message. My life is my message. And uh, so if you are, and the best way to connect with people is actually to know what you want in life, know what you are standing for, and then um, th- and you speak from that perspective. So if you do not stand for anything, they say you fall for everything, right? So you need to know what is what you want in life. What is your big goal? What do you want in life? What are your values? And what are your boundaries? And uh, so then you know what you stand for. Then you speak from that perspective, right? And uh, it's not trying to be perfect, not to fit in with the crowd. Uh, and then you stand out. So in the Mahatma Gandhi's thing, what, 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 what exact line he said, he said, what I think, or one of his assistants said, why Mahatma Gandhi can speak without notes, is what I think, what I feel, and what I say is the same. So I don't need notes. So that's a way to look at it. In 2012, you were among the top 25 stand-up comedians. Really, how did you get into comedy? Yeah, so uh, one of the things I thought when I started off was I should master humor and um, uh, to be a like a professional speaker or a world-class speaker. Uh, so one of the things I did is I learned about humor. I spent one year to study humor. And I mastered it, but initially I was not good. But by the end of the one year, I was really good. And uh, so I, someone came to me. Actually, some guy, one one guy from Delhi, um, Karanveer, he came to um, Singapore and he asked me, Manoj, can you coach me on um, stand-up comedy because I'm doing do a stand-up comedy for the first time in my life? I said, Why are you asking me? I'm not a stand-up comedian. And uh, he said, No, no, you're a good, uh, you're funny. I said, Really? So okay, fine. So. I, I so he gave gave me a script. So I was coaching him for the stand-up comedy, and he did a really good job, and uh, he was phenomenal. And uh, then he said, "Why why don't you do this?" And I said, "Okay, I'm not this is not what I'm plan to do. I just want to learn humor." But then he got me a slot, so I did a slot, and uh, that was my debut. But I really I did really well, and someone recorded it, and eventually that took me to the international comedy festival in Hong Kong. And uh, so it was something I didn't pursue that after that. It was just a short stint. And then I could have gone further. So I got some nice friends in the comedy circuit, Papa CJ and uh, people who are doing really uh, well. And I also have friends um, doing this. So this, I didn't want to uh, take that uh, route. You can look at a Papa. He's also based in Delhi. Uh, so there are other other comedians as well, but I, I I didn't pursue because my goal was different. My goal was different, so I just focused on what I wanted to do. So the point I wanted to bring is how important is it to use humor in speech, and what are the things to keep in mind while using humor in your speech or presentation? So essentially, you want to know what kind of speaker you want to be. Um, again, it's it's your choice. You don't need humor. So a lot of people get basing get started because they think they're not funny. Humor is something you can learn. But the con the room, uh, so the for humor, you need to understand the context. The, you need to understand the room. You understand the who are in the audience, what kind of uh, content you want to share, uh, and uh, do not cross some lines. So, some people thrive by crossing lines. They often people that make people laugh or they put people on the spot. Uh, some of the very effective uh, humor is when you are using a humor where there is a misdirection, there's a suspense, there's a surprise. Uh, so there are techniques around that that you learn. But the key thing is to understand is not essential. Okay, there are a lot of speakers. You don't see a lot of these uh, great speakers. Obama, 
being uh, extremely funny, right? Or um, in India, um, Prime Minister Narendra Modi or Shashi Tharoor or you know, other speakers, they're not using a ex- uh, lot of humor. And of course, there are other speakers, uh, Steve Jobs. I think maybe one joke in the entire speech. So it's not essential, but we think it's essential. This is a skill you can learn. Now let's switch a gear to leadership and your book, Mastering Leadership the Mousetrap Way, Become Leader, Others Admire and Follow, which has gained accolade from the likes of world-renowned business executive coach, Marcel Goldsmith. So what is the mousetrap way and how can it help master leadership? So uh, yeah, part of my coaching I did was on uh, helping ordinary people be seen as leaders, others admire and follow. So that's a coaching work I do. So as you see, remember I said, I help people to get to the next level in the organization. So one way I do is to uh, help build their profile, uh, develop their leadership capability. So during this coaching, I noticed that a lot of people in high positions were are just ordinary people, like you and me, like ordinary people. They do not see themselves as a, like born with certain skills or talents. So they picked some things up. So what I did is, uh, especially since some of the coaching I did was for senior executives and CEOs and even diplomats who actually had problem in public speaking. Right? They didn't come to me for leadership exactly. Uh, but I also started taking notes. And I realized these are ordinary people. So I got, got very curious to find out uh, what, what, are, what are the things they did that made them be seen as a leader. So I was taking notes for a lot, many, very many years, maybe 12 years or so, to uh, do some research on this. And then I, what I did is simplified it into a, into a, into a book, uh, extremely similar. Anyone who reads can understand the principles. And I tied it together with a story that came from my public speaking. So I just used a story of a mousetrap. And when I say mousetrap, who, who do you think is affected by the mousetrap? It's obvious to think that mouse is the one that gets affected. Yeah. So in the story, everyone gets affected except the mouse. Okay. So that's how the story is built. And you can look it up, the book. It's also available in India and then also in Amazon. And uh, the the whole story is a very short story. It's like a two, three minute story. So my expertise from public speaking, storytelling, crafting, humor, I built it into the, the, the story. It's a folktale. And then I derived 18 lessons from the story. And the 18 lessons is showing you how you can become a leader. Others will admire and follow. So one aspect, as you said, you mentioned two things in the last 30 minutes is that one was on um, the confidence, right? What the second lesson, the first lesson is on ownership, taking ownership. So showing initiative without directive. Do not waiting for anyone else to give you initiative, right? Uh, so not wait. so if you if you're always waiting for someone to give you instructions, you're a follower. You're not a leader, right? You're always waiting for instructions. So you're you're not, you're not taking initiative. So that is one aspect. Of course, this this goes all the way. It's quite interesting. So a lot of people tell me uh, they start implementing that in their life and they're growing in their career. So it's very interesting to listen to lead readers. So Marshall Goldsmith, he's the number one leadership thinker in the world. Uh, he read the book and he said, uh, this is the way that shows you how to be a leader. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's impressive. But uh, I'm quite grateful that he said that. And uh, so, yeah, so basically he said the mousetrap way shows the way to be the leader or something like that. I forgot exactly what he said. But um, the whole point is the belief that you can be seen as a leader. And this is exactly what I apply in my life. And this is exactly what I tell people. Um, when I coach them or I help them, I said, oh, yeah, this, this, these are the things that works. And 
based on people feedbacking to me they said it uh, works for them absolutely so the so guys the book is mastering leadership the mousetrap way become leader others admire and follow you can find it on amazon and i have also linked uh, all the resources he talked about about the cnbc article that he has talked about and uh, um, every other links we discuss in this episode over at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 2727 make sure that you check the show note page of this episode um so mano since you yourself have been in lot of leadership roles in your own life and have been training ceos senior executives un diplomats celebrities on leadership for quite long time now right so i want to know your understanding about great leaders what are some of the common traits that makes a great leader whom we call a great leader or whom do you call is a great leader so one of the uh, key misunderstanding on leadership um, is actually thinking that it's all about yourself but the uh, building yourself up the real great leaders i've seen people who can run organizations for 40 years keep their team together get their energized so great leaders are those who create great leaders so great leaders are not those who create great followers no so a lot of people are trying to get blind followers so they are not that effective so if you look at really great leaders they are actually trying to build the next generation next gen next level on the and so that there are more people who can carry on the vision okay so basically it's to say that great leaders create great leaders and if you look at the history a lot of people who admire right they are actually trying to create they are focused on the mission they want to get something done and uh, but then also creating leaders that's the focus so then and compare this to organizations where there's a boss and a big team and the boss want to command and control and uh, try to stifle growth and uh, do not delegate authority and uh, those are the, the aspects of bosses and that's very effective that's why a lot of organization the team is frustrated with the system but in look look at movements and uh, people who can run popular movements and organizations that uh, are effective they also try to delegate authority get people um, the um, the what they need to get get going and they they groom to be the groom to take over your role so uh, and uh, again a mistake a lot of people do is they they hold tight to their chair so that they don't lose the chair but they, what they do not understand is by holding tight to your chair and staying where you are you are losing an opportunity to grow to the next level right so and, and you can't go to the next level unless you groom a replacement to come to your level and you will not do that unless you are confident enough of your skills and abilities and competencies and your future so i can go on no private that you understand it <laughs> yeah 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 so one of the things that you have shared a moment ago and i also want to talk about is taking ownership right what i have understood is many people mistake leadership with the job title or their position I think that's not how leadership should be seen as it shouldn't be something you know that's related to job title. So what kind of role does taking ownership of your job in hand whether you are a janitor or CEO of the company plays in developing a leader in you? No, that's absolutely essential. I was glad you asked that. Yesterday I went to see one of my students and the earliest student he was a public speaking student. and uh, he took me to his house and as well, i was uh, visiting his house is a huge house very spacious and he's doing very very well in life but he's not going to work he's sitting at home to work and he has been doing 
and I uh, doing for a while. So I asked him, so how come you're not going to work? Uh, so he said, oh, I'm working, I'm working from home. I said, uh, how do you always work from home, right? I think I, uh, so I, he says, um, my boss tr- trusts me. He said, well, so what makes him trust you? Because he said, uh, my boss says, uh, do this. And I ask him, when do you need it? Buy. And I get it done. After that, my boss doesn't trouble me. But there are a lot of people in my team who actually, what they do is they promise one thing and they never do. You have to chase them. They don't care about the goal. They don't care about the mission being delayed, the project being delayed. They don't care about that. They just uh, say what pleases the other person at the right this point in time, right? So a lot of people go through life with trying to trick people, trick people and get things done. But eventually what you know, you can fool anyone, but you can't fool yourself. So, but also everybody is not a fool. You can't fool the same person every time. So people are taking note of what you're doing. So uh, this particular individual I met, he actually has survived a lot of uh, downsizing in his organization. Downsizing in there are multiple rounds, but he, he always survives. And in fact, he gets a pay hike. Because th- these are people who you can't let them go. So he said, no matter how, what I do with my life, no, no, he does a lot of other things. But when it comes to work, he gets it done. And everybody believes that if you call this guy, he'll get it done. It's like I'm saying, oh, if I give it to Vijay, uh, Bj will get it done, so don't worry, he's on it. So if people can believe that you can be trusted all the time, you get a lot of influence over your life and a lot of influence over your career. And so this is very essential. And in a lot of places, people are not taking ownership. They do, they say what pleases the other person at that point in time, and don't. So you need, as long as you're true. So make. So I think one of the things I learned as a child was only make promises that you can keep. And also keep, and I add to that saying, keep all the promises you make, right? And so if you are seen as taking ownership, and that's very essential. A lot of people are not doing that. Just by doing that, you really stand. So, Manoj, it's time for the enlightening round. But before that, is there something that you'd like to share about leadership or from your book that we have not talked about yet? Not talked about yet. Yes, a lot of, lot of things in the book. So one of the things I say is you are never too small to be big. So no matter what your situation is now, that doesn't stop you from uh, reaching a higher goal. So believe that that is coming. So I always say your best is set to come. Stay confident, believe and take action. So Manoj, now it's time for the enlightening round. Are you excited for the enlightening round? Yes, I'm very curious. So what inspires you to do everything that you do? I believe in our life, we are always doing something that will someday benefit someone. So my focus is to do that, just do something that will someday benefit someone. And I want to make the best use of my time as long as I'm living. Wow. Which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? I, I stay awake to work on my dreams when everybody else is sleeping. Wow. That was powerful. Which one book or maybe a couple of books, according to you, is must read for everyone looking to improve your life? Oh, the, num- the number one book I would recommend is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's a very old book. A lot of people have not read it, but more you read, the better you get. Yeah, powerful book. If you were to start this success journey all over again, let's say uh, you are just starting out on your career. So what are those three things that you wish you would have done differently? I will ask for help. I will seek mentors. That's a key thing. Look for mentors. 
mm-hmm. I call them kingmakers. Every king is surrounded by kingmakers. So I think you look for those kingmakers, the people who can help you to achieve your goal faster. That's number one. And the second one will be actually to have written goals. Not only have goals, write your goals, uh, come up with a plan and take action. So you need to have written goals which you read and review every day. That keeps you focused on your goals and get you charged and you have the momentum to work on it. And the third thing is to have a growth mindset. That means no matter where you stand today, you as long as you should have belief and uh, you put in the effort to the belief that you can reach there by learning those missing steps you have just, just doesn't don't know now. Could you share one app or maybe online tool that you have been using for a while and has helped you in maybe improve productivity, discipline or setting goals or things like that? Uh, so far, no app, but I just recently started using Evernote as a note-taking application. Yeah, there's a, this app really helped me. Thanks for asking. Two apps. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Interesting. When you asked me first, it was not on top of my mind. The first app really helped me was dictionary.com. It's an app that installed on my phone that helped me um, learn English and also learn the pronunciation. It doesn't come naturally to me. So I had to learn words. Every time I learn a new word, I use dictionary.com. There was another app I used was Blue Lines, B-L-U-L-I-N-E-S. Uh, this was a note-taking app. So whenever this idea comes, I put in fo- there are folders in that app where I take notes. And that's, that's, that's available for free. There are also advanced apps like Evernote, which you need to pay a subscription. So blue lines is good enough for so because a lot of ideas you know it, it slips off your mind but if you write it down it stays somewhere yeah those are the what comes to my mind at this point awesome so I have last question for you but before that um, if people want to learn more about you and your work and want to connect with you so what's the best way that they can reach out to you so I have a big goal of helping 20 million people to overcome their fear of public speaking. So there is a free foundational public speaking program available online. It's at www.nervous2fabulous.com, www.nervous2fabulous.com. And my company website, and that's my mission of helping people to express themselves clearly, confidently, and convincingly, is at Thought Expressions, Thought Expressions, T-H-O-U-G-H-T. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S.com. So that's where I give a lot of free tips on how to persuade, resonate, inspire, mesmerize, and entertain your audience. And also about leadership and other lot of programs I run. Uh, one program is very popular. It's called the Executive Transformation Program. That's where I bring uh, people together, a few a very small group of people, and uh, bring them in a room, and I coach them over 100 days. And uh, so 100 days is not all, all in the room, two days with me, but there are a lot of application, get them to implement through uh, follow-ups and calls and webinars. So it's a 100-day program. It, it's also, I run it in India also. I run that in Bangalore. Actually, one coming up in March 25th and 26th in Bangalore. It's a 100-day program, involves one-on-one session with me, two days in the class, then the three months of follow-up to ensure that you do. Because the, those five core skills I said earlier, you can learn that in 100 days if you're willing to spend 20 minutes a day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Of course, I also have a professional speaking program, but uh, I don't know who in your audience would be interested in that. Is this like those speakers who get paid to speak? I teach people how to get paid to speak. So there is a program called the www.thekeynoteacademy.com. Thekeynoteacademy.com. I'm running a program in April. That's a professional speaking program. So these are some of, I do a lot of things, but these are the key things I like to highlight for your audience. 
guys you may like to check his websites and i have linked everything on the show note page of this episode over at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 2727 and make sure that you check his website thought expressions where i have subscribed to his 52 prime tips on public speaking which is super awesome so uh, he send you tips every week if i can remember correctly so you get one tip every week and that's the one year of content so super awesome helpful tips uh, to get or really rock your next speech so manoj here's the last question for you imagine that you are standing in front of millions of people who are eagerly listening to you and you have only one minute to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life what would you say to those millions of people what would be your message remember this you are never too small to be big but are you ready to lead you should live life as if your best is yet to come stay confident believe take action that's it wow that has been phenomenal <laughs> thank you very much for joining me thank you thank you for having me vijay there you have it the inspiring talk.com/2727if you love this got inspired or learned something new then make sure to share this with your friends post it on facebook twitter and instagram and let your friends know about this powerful information let's get this message out to the world manoj has such great information and insights and he charges a lot of money to share these insights so make sure that you share this with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/2727 And finally as Manoj said we all can become a public speaker if we decide to it's just a matter of time practice and dedication i hope you enjoyed this thank you for listening i'll catch you in the next now go out there and do something inspiring